Good morning, Nashville. This is not Braden Gall. This is not Nikhil. This is Corey Curtis alongside Derek Mason, the old guys in the studio. Yes. We've known each other a long time, Mace. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're old, man. Oh, we're getting there. <laughs> it's great to be with everyone this morning. You've got me for four hours, uh, so uh, feel free to swing away. Um, look forward to talking about the Tennessee Titans, uh, getting ready for the Buffalo Bills, also the Nashville Predators getting ready for opening night. The Vanderbilt Commodores have got uh, Ole Miss this weekend. That's always That's been a rivalry that's gone pretty well for them. We'll talk, uh, I think, with Derek Mason. Uh, later on in the show today and of course the Tennessee Vols are a 25 point underdog to Georgia and they've got some other issues that they're dealing with once again but D Mace how the heck are you I'm doing well man it's um yesterday I was on um I was uh I forgot I was talking to someone Prozac yeah (laughs) I was talking to someone yesterday Uh, I forgot who it was um and it was it was eight o'clock. It was seven something around seven thirty, mm-hmm. and it occurred to me that it was pitch dark outside, <laughs> but it was still like a hundred degrees. I'm like, man, this is just crazy. That just two weeks ago, yeah, around two weeks ago, at eight seven thirty eight o'clock, the sun was still up, and now you look seven thirty, the sun's down. It's dark. It, it was fast. Yeah. I'm like, goodness gracious, man. It I, doesn't even feel like fall. I was in Chattanooga over the weekend, uh-huh. and that's Eastern time zone, and I, we were getting up at 7 o'clock. It was still pitch black. Oh, man. I, I don't like that. They need to keep it the way it is. They need to go back. <laughs> they need to change the laws. And I know a lot of it was for farmers, but yeah. we've we've come a long way. And We have lights. Exactly. <laughs> we have We have lights. We have things that light up the pathways yeah. now. We don't need the sun, you know, that to go down or come up that early, whatever Well, we it is. do need the sun. We need it, but... He's, he's critical. Old man Aaron. Soleil is, is critical <laughs> to our lives. Uh, you brought up these words, paving the way. Yeah. The Tennessee Titans are bringing back a guy to pave the way. <sighs> the suspension is over for Taylor Lewan. Um Mike Vrabel said he got a quick hug, mm-hmm. demanded it. And and now they're moving forward. Um, take the way they've played out mm-hmm. of all four games. Just look at the record and say two and two. And if I told you before they're going to get through these four games without Taylor Lewan at two and two, what would you have said? Um, first, I would have said, who are the two losses to? That's what <laughs> I would have said first. And then secondly, I would have said, okay, that's that's – doable that's sufficient that's that's about right where you want to be after four games and you know you don't want to have a losing record but if you don't have if you're not three and oh or four and oh well three and one and four or four and oh then two and two is good enough but you know it should have been it would have been better had the two loss had the two wins been against jacksonville and indy now what happens is everyone's two and two in the division Mm -hmm. but the titans are last in the division because they are 0-2. Um, Jacksonville's beat Tennessee. Houston's won a game, I believe, or they hadn't played a game yet, but Indy's won a game in the division. So yeah, um, Houston actually beat Jacksonville. Yeah, Houston beat Jacksonville. So yeah, by about a foot. He, he, um, um, Indy and Houston are atop the division. Mm-hmm. The Titans are last with Jacksonville right above them. And that's the part where 
you know, I think if 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 Vrabel had it to do over again, he would say, okay, without our best player, two and two is good, but it should have been two wins in the new division yeah. rather than two. Well, I mean, they're, they're arguably a play away from beating Indianapolis, yeah. and, and and didn't make it happen. I, I mean, m- my point was is when you know we knew we're like they're going to have to adapt the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I told everybody don't play Corey Davis these first four weeks because everything they do in the passing game is going to be short and. What did we see? Virtually everything they did in the passing game is is was short. Yeah, and so I guess that leads you know. So I've been kind of pointing to this. Does this change the Titans' offense? Because I think it will some. And when I say change the offense, I think it'll change their mentality some as they play going forward. Um, as far as as far as play calling, yeah, I game planning, I think they will structuring. Take, I think they will take more shots, but I, I believe that the way Mike and Arthur wants to play with Mariota is play action. Yeah. Keep everything confined. Um, keep everything in that mid, mid-range, mid middle of the field. Yeah, but we've and seen 900 so bubble shots. screens. They need to stop. The, no, no. They need to stop the screenplays. Yeah, I mean, I think, what, what are, Marquise, what is Deion Lewis's numbers at this point? I mean, he's got like seven catches for like nine yards. Yeah, he's just, just it's. They're they're but all they're over pre- it. Yeah, but they're predictable when it comes to the screen game. Well, they weren't in the first game. Yeah, but they just and, and I know Vrabel loves the screen game. He uh-huh. talks about it all the time. But unless you take de- shots down the field, mm-hmm. then the defenses just suck up on that, and you're never going to be able to, to move anything forward. Did you see the Steelers and the Bengals the other night? Uh, I'm not going to even say that okay. was probably the worst game in the world. Well, but uh, I mean the Steelers. Yeah, they everything they ran was at the line of scrimmage. I mean, in the passing game. And, I, and you know, I congratulate them on winning that game. But eventually, Mason Rudolph's going to have to throw the ball, mm-hmm. you know, down the field. And the Tennessee Titans, I feel like, are going to feel like they're in a better position to drop back, move the ball down the field a little bit more. And they've, and they've got the weapons to do it with. They've just got to be able to, to block to do it with. And I think they're starting to figure out mm-hmm. what they need to do to create that pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Taylor Lewan should obviously make that even better. Well, I mean, having Taylor, um, now you feel more confident on your left side. Um, that You can help elsewhere. Exactly. You can kind of shift the line over, and those chip plays, now they can go more to the right rather than to the left. But here's another problem. They are not a good um, – how can I say it? They are not a good help-blocking team from the skill position point. Um, the running backs, they don't. The running backs and tight ends don't do a good job at helping. Now, the Deion Lewis line. had a great block uh-huh. on the touchdown pass to Corey Davis. He he stepped up and picked up a blitzer. Yeah, who was down coming the free. But I understand what you're saying because when you look at when this team was at its very best mm-hmm. offensively, they had. I bring this up all the time. They had an eight week window mm-hmm. during Marcus's second year. Yeah, you know, I think at 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. But they had an eight week window where they averaged 33 points a game. Yes. Who did they have then? It was DeMarco, DeMarco Murray. Murray. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And DeMarco Murray could do everything. Exactly. And he, and he could block like a mother in the back. But then they had, you know, they had Stock. Was Stocker on the team at the time? Uh, yeah, I think Stocker uh, was Stocker on was on the team. They had really, not to say that their tight ends are not they really good. They had Philip Supernaw. Yeah, but they had tight ends that were specifically there. Yeah, that could block. To block. Yeah. And well, they I, never left Jack Conklin alone as a rookie. Exactly, he always had somebody there to help him. And that's you know that's why he was exposed a little bit after that. Not saying Jack hasn't mm-hmm. been a good player or whatever, 
but they made sure he was okay as a rookie. And that the the touchdown pass to AJ Brown, uh-huh. they had a three tight end set in there. Yeah, that was straight out of the Mike Malarkey playbook. Exactly. That's how minus Taylor Lewan. That's how they get enough time to to allow Marcus to throw down the field. Um, two man routes, stack the line, help with those uh, with those edge rushers. Mm-hmm. Because what what I what I what I was seeing was when the when the backs and the tight ends had to block help outside they were either they were either missing blocks or they were getting in the way mm-hmm. and knocking off offensive linemen and if you're going to help block you can't be a liability you can't be the reason why the guy gets into the quarterback and a few times Deion Lewis was knocking people off meaning knocking the offensive linemen off and the defense was getting to him or he and Delaney just whiffed on blocks mm-hmm. like together and if I'm there, if I have you there to help, you got to help. You can't make it to whereas now I'm questioning whether I can use you in a blocking game. Not to say those two are horrible blockers one-on-one, but they need to do a better job at teaching them how to tandem block, how to help those offensive linemen. Historically, Delaney's been a pretty good blocker. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's, He's been I, a pretty I, good blocker. I don't, I don't worry about him, but mm-hmm. you know, we've always known that Derrick Henry – Hasn't been a great blocker. I think I think yeah. he's gotten better. Mm-hmm. I think he's gotten better. I mean, we remember how we got Marcus smoked in Kansas City in the playoffs. <laughs> but I, I do think he's gotten better. But but your trust is a, is a hugely important mm-hmm. word there. And I'm also interested to see in the run game. You know, we talked about this Lawan Saffold tandem in the run game. Derrick Henry has 300 yards through four games, so he's on pace for 1,200 yards. And the shocking part of that is he doesn't have a run over 18 yards. This is a guy who's piled up yards, mm-hmm. hitting some home runs yeah. here and there. Um, I feel like I feel like he's been, despite that, he's been much more the player that they need this year. He's yeah. been much more willing to put his shoulders and move things forward. He had a punishing third down run mm-hmm. Sunday in Atlanta, um, but I'm interested to see how it affects the run game with Derrick Henry. Because uh, one of the things that makes Taylor Lewan great is his athleticism, exactly, and his ability to get to the second level. Yeah, his ability to the pull when they needed to pull, his ability to get downfield and help out in a blocking game, um, and then them just being able to gear their run game to the left side, and people know it. But with Taylor' athleticism and his ability to block, it gives them an advantage. Now, what needs to happen is hopefully, just hopefully. Now that Taylor's back, even though as a as a former player, I, I look at it from this standpoint, it shouldn't take another man to come in for me to get better. I'm not a rec- you know, if especially offensive lineman, because obviously receivers need quarterbacks that throw on the ball. I get it. You can be the best receiver in the world, but if you ain't got nobody to throw it to, or quarterback, vice versa, or running back if you don't have an offensive line. But to me, if you are, if we brought you in here, if you were supposedly the best guard on the market then it shouldn't take for Taylor Lewan to come back for you to start playing at that level. That's the part that I'm disappointed. He hadn't been horrible, but he hadn't been what we thought he was going to be. And some of it may have to do I think with there were some communication learning, issues. Yeah, learning yeah. The, the, the system. But to me, now that Taylor's there, hopefully it does, ha- uh, it does help out Sappho. He does become now that blocker that we thought he was going to be um, when they brought him in here. Well, very interesting that they gave up 17 sacks the first three weeks yeah. and then suddenly zero sacks last week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you saw a different quarterback 
kind of yeah. um, as the result of it. And we'll see how adding Taylor Lewan. It's also interesting with, with Lewan coming back, I get a lot of people asking me, can they move Kelly inside to that right guard? And it's, it's not going to happen. Nah. Um, you know, Nate Davis is, is going to continue to get a chance to win that job. Um, and we'll see how that can move forward because I think that's the offensive line they envisioned when the season started mm-hmm. was Lawan Saffold, Jones, Nate Davis, and Jack Conklin. And we're finally going to see that for the very first time against Buffalo. And, you know, Buffalo might, well, in Jacksonville. That might not be the wrong team. Well, that no. might not be the right team to try to see it the first well, time. Well, no, but I'm saying Buffalo <laughs> and Jacksonville, I mean, those are, those yeah, are two elite. big-time defensive units. So this will be, this will be a good opportunity to show that the Tennessee Titans can stand up and say we are a better team. Mm. We are a better offensive line than we showed in Jacksonville. You know, I'm not going to say they're comparable or whatever, but you know, the, the Bills are a salty group on defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a big, strong physical group. They're going to have to come to play and play well. Well, this is the I believe they they are the third ranked defense yeah. in the National Football League right now. They're only giving up. They're giving up no more than what 14 points a game right now. 14, 15 points a game, if that. Um, so this is a team that is built on one stopping the run and then two making it very difficult for you to pass the football. Yeah, less than two hundred yards a game. Yeah. So it's going to this is to me this is where the Titans need to now take another step mm-hmm. because we've seen them beat the the bad teams and we've seen them in the past. Now, beat now, the okay, good teams. we say they've beaten the bad teams. Everybody no, no, in the I'm world loves the no. Cleveland Browns, and I, no, I right. saw people predict the Falcons to the Super Bowl before the season. No, no, you're absolutely right. But I, but I think on this show we've always said that if you're going to beat the Browns, beat them early yeah. because they're not jailed. What, what you're talking about though is consistency. And consistency, yeah. Yes. I want to see the consistency. I want to see. And that's them, what everybody wants okay, to see. They beat Atlanta the way they beat Atlanta. Give us that performance again. Absolutely, against a which is going to be hard against a much better defense. And you know what. It, I think what we're all we all want to see is even if they lose, because mm-hmm. you can play well and lose exactly. And so, and I think people can stomach that. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to see them just struggle all day. Exactly. You want you want to see them come out and play. Like there was a couple of years. I think it was year two under Mike Malarkey. The Rams came to town. Uh-huh. It was a good football game. They yeah. lost that game, but that was a good football game. Those were two pretty good teams going mm-hmm. at it, and and you can handle. Those losses. You can't handle the losses in Buffalo last year. Yeah, they uh, played in, dismal. In, uh, in Arizona mm-hmm. uh, two years ago. You know, you just, the, those are what the great teams generally don't do. Exactly. Um, and so, can the Tennessee Titans grow? Is Taylor Lewan a big piece to that puzzle? Now, there are some people who are convinced the Tennessee Titans will not grow. Among them, ESPN's Ryan Clark, who has the Titans going 6-10 and 10 this season and says they are moving on from Marcus Mariota. That is, that is the national perspective uh, at this point, and uh, we will delve back into that prediction, the latest prediction of the Titans' demise. That's next on The Morning Drive on ESPN's 102.5 The Game. How about the Tennessee Titans? Well, the Tennessee Titans, they're another team that is in that in this division, but I see them going 6-10. and 10. Even with the game that they played against the Atlanta Falcons, who's a team right now we should be talking about more as probably one of the biggest disappointments Ooh, totally, in yeah. the league. Marcus Mariota, he made some good throws, but I still think this offense needs to progress from a passing standpoint. And when you look at what the Texans are able to do, we've already seen them play against the Jacksonville Jaguars and get beat down there. I believe that this team can't beat the Indianapolis Coats as well, and so they end up to me being either third or fourth in this division, and that's a six and ten team that can't even get to five hundred, and they'll be looking for a new quarterback going into next year.
That's ESPN's Ryan Clark yesterday with promising words about the Tennessee Titans. Corey Curtis, Derek Mason sitting in this morning. Uh, you for, call those words promising? Yeah, absolutely. ESPN's Ryan Clark. This is the morning drive. Nick and Braden are out. Um, I don't know what they did to you, Derek, to get yeah. you to banish both of them for the day, but I get to sit with you, and uh, I'm pretty excited about that because, like I said, we've known each other a long, long time, and um, we understand each other. We don't always yes, agree. But we understand. But we understand each We're other. We're not always supposed to agree. That's no. Not, the world's not boring the if everybody exactly. agrees. Uh, Absolutely. Do you agree with, with Ryan Clark in any way? Um, and you and I talked about this off air. Um, I, d- I don't disagree, but it's like in the middle because this team can be 10 and 6. This team can be 6-10. and 10. Yeah, they're like 80% of the league. Absolutely. So what he's saying, is it, you know, blatantly wrong? No, but I I just think that that with what John Robinson has put together, Mike, me and, um, yeah, Mike Vrabel as the head coach, now he's made some gaffes and, and, and that made me want to, you know, made me scratch my head. Like, why did you do that? That scratch your head. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Not throw a chair <laughs> through the window. <laughs> Probably that too. But you know, he has this team. This team plays for him. Yeah. And he's a leader of exa- men. Absolutely. He's he's the type of guy that when he walks in, these guys understand him. Uh, and they understand he's in charge. Exactly. He knows how to push buttons. He knows how to get the most out of his players. And that's what you want from a head coach. Um, but, you know, this is a team that if they get an injury or two, they could be looking, you know, up at this, at this division um, from the bottom. Well, I mean, um, look at the Colts. Yeah. They've got three injuries. They just got drilled at home by Ab- Oakland. Absolutely. So, I don't – neither one of these teams in this division is is – Injury proof, meaning that if they get an injury, they're good. They still yeah. can keep trekking. Every one of these teams, you know, in like you say, Indy, they lose Leonard. They lose. They lose T.Y. Hilton. They lose. They end up losing a game. Yeah, two games. I think what well, they won against um, Atlanta, but then they end up losing last week. Houston's the same way. The Titans the same way. And you know, Clark's right from the standpoint of yeah, there could be some decisions made with Marcus at the end of the season. Yeah, this team could be six and ten, six and ten. But then on the flip side, they can make the decision to keep Marcus, and he can have a good season, and it could be ten and six. Well, it's interesting you saying they need further development in the passing game, and they do. Yeah, but we also know that part of that has been the offensive line issue with Taylor being out, and we mm-hmm. talked about that they're going to go downfield. Um, I Marquise and I, I was texting him this the other day. Mm-hmm. Look at Deshaun Watson's numbers. Look at Marcus Mariota's numbers. Mm-hmm. They are virtually identical. Yeah. Marcus has thrown for 933, Deshaun 938. Marcus, seven touchdowns, Deshaun six. Deshaun, one interception, Marcus, zero. Mm-hmm. If Even if you go to the game by game, Deshaun Watson, who I love mm-hmm. and think is an electric young player, has two games of 159 and 160 yards passing. We want to hang Marcus Mariota in this town for those games. And, you know, look, Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson's off to a great start, but he's had those games too this year. And you know why? Because their offensive line isn't any good. Yeah. I mean, he's got DeAndre Hopkins. He's got Will Fuller. He's got Kenny Stills. I think all three of those guys are first-round picks. Yeah. All three of them have been 1,000-yard receivers, I believe, or close to 1,000-yard receivers. Um, And, you know, they just went and got Laramie Tunsil, who 
still needs to develop, but I think he'd, be, he'd end up being pretty good. They drafted uh, was Titus Howard. Yeah, Titus Howard. Uh, but but you know, as as anybody else, the perception is different. Yeah, well, with with um, Deshaun and, Watson and Marcus Mariota, and, and you know what. The, there's more tape. There's more games where Mariota has struggled than exactly. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, but my point is, is that the you look at the numbers, you mm-hmm. look at the records, mm-hmm. and almost all of it's the same at this point. But the the narrative can be completely different. Yeah, um, it, it, and and a lot of it is the perception of the quarterback. Yeah, um, well, I think these they things have a, grow on themselves. Yeah, I think they have a better head coach. Meaning the Titans, I don't think. Yeah, Bill I would O'Brien's agree with a, that. I don't think Bill O'Brien's a really good coach. Now, you, did you? Uh, you weren't with O'Brien. No. Were you? Okay, mm-hmm. who were you with there? Um, it was Kubiak. Kubiak. Kubiak okay. was the head coach. Um, I don't think O'Brien's a good coach. I think from a defensive coordinator standpoint, I mean, I like both defensive coordinators. Yeah. Um, both of them are highly They're doing respected. doing a long time. Yeah, both yeah. of them are highly respected. I um, mean, in the NFL. So I think from that standpoint, they're both are even. Um, Deshaun Watson and Marcus Mariota, uh, the perception is because Deshaun Watson has been so dynamic, he has taken his team to the playoffs several times, they've won the division, the perception is different of him. Yeah. And at times he's played erratic. And at times he's had a bad offensive I mean, line. When they and we beat make the Chargers, excuses for that. When, when he played the Chargers, he made two horrific plays. Yeah. He threw a ball backwards. Uh-huh. And he threw a ball up for grabs that would have cost them the game, but a penalty took the interception off the board. And again, I'm not trying to trash Deshaun Watson. I love Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that he's not perfect. Yeah. And, the per- and the numbers are the same. And this record is the same, but the perception's entirely different. Let, let me take this a step further on this mm-hmm. question. What do you think is more likely at the end of the season? The Titans are drafting a new quarterback or the Texans are hiring a new head coach? Oh, wow. Because it could go sideways on the Texans yes, in a hurry. It can. Um, I, it, it, I, okay, I'm basing this on the Texans not having a GM. Yeah. So I'm saying they're going to cut him a little slack. Yeah, because but the, he has you know, to play a new most- GM comes in. Yeah, you're right. He may want his guy. And, and I don't see O'Brien being as a guy that's really great to work with. Yeah. But you, I'm, I'm, I will say the Titans are looking for another quarterback because, one, it has to do with maybe ownership says, you know what, O'Brien had to juggle a lot of stuff this year. Um, you know, they had to make trades and yada, yada, yada. And – you know, they didn't have get, to make trades. They chose yeah, to make they chose trades. to make the trades for, but it had to because if they didn't, then Deshaun Watson might not be standing up right right now. <laughs> okay, there's some of that. I also yeah. blame O'Brien. Yeah, no, for some no, of it as exactly. Well. He he is reckless with his quarterback. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's kind of like the he's like the Chip Kelly of of the league where. We're we're not we're not going to worry about offensive linemen. We're just going to try to get the ball well, and he's away running, quickly. He's running sweeps with the guy. Yeah, and I'm just like, what do you do? You're going to get him killed. You're going to get him killed. All right, so we're talking about Marcus Mariota and Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson. I, I kind of opened that can a little bit earlier, but we're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit more mm-hmm. in the next break. And we're actually going to talk about all four quarterbacks in the AFC South, where the division is, and where we think these guys will lead this division down the stretch. Because ultimately, it's going to come largely come down to the quarterbacks mm-hmm. and what they can do the last 12 games of the season. This is Corey Curtis sitting in for Nick Kale and Braden Gall. Uh, on the ESPN's 102.5, the morning drive. Derek Mason is still here, though, so stick around. We're talking Tennessee Titans after this. Corey Curtis, Derek Mason back on the morning drive on ESPN's 102.5, the game. 
It is 6.31 on this Wednesday morning. I have the world's largest cup of coffee because I just got home from work about six hours ago. But it's all good, right? Yeah. I mean, we need our coffee, man. You, okay, you got a giant Yeah, I got cup. a big one, too. No, no, I'm talking about this giant cup of sludge. Oh, oh yeah. This is, I have three big, huge containers. One has coffee in it. One has water in it. And this one is my breakfast. It's just because you're a fruit. You're so, pescatarian, right? Yeah. Uh huh. And I was I was thinking about that on the way in because uh-huh. I eat eggs virtually every morning. No, nah, I'm not a I'm not an egg person. And I'm like, does Mace eat fish every morning? Because that's gross. No, nah, I don't eat fish. This is what I, this is my breakfast. Um, and it's just fruit and almond milk, and then I, I will put some um some other stuff in it. Some some Do you powdery mix stuff. that at some yeah, point. Yeah, mix it up. I got my blender in there. I mix it up. And it tastes very good. It keeps me going for the day. I can eat, I can drink this, Corey, and will not. And I'm serious about this. I will not eat again until probably dinner time. Why? Because it fills me up. Okay. That's all I need. All right. I'm trying to stay young. I'm trying to live till I'm 108, man. So you're why 108? You want to see another know. Cubs World Series? <laughs> I'm from Chicago. Corey said it, not me. (laughs) I'm a Cubs fan. You say 108 years. That's the first thing that I I am absolutely thinking. You want to? Man, my my grandparents passed away and never got to see the Cubs win. Are you serious? Yeah, they were huge Cub fans. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, my grandfather worked construction in Chicago, Uh and you know he'd come home every day, pop open an old style, and put on the game on his little TV on his. Man. Kitchen table. That was like my my dad does that. Um, um especially when, well, when my mom was alive, he would um he would come in after work, and this is during the base, baseball season. He would come in after work, go in his little we called it the the library a den where he had his little setup, and he would grab a beer, crack it open, pour it in his cup, and sit there and watch Tiger games. Yeah. I'm like, man, I can't watch baseball like that. Oh, I, I, well, I never watched baseball like that. I used to watch a lot of baseball, not quite so much uh, anymore. We've been talking about uh, the Tennessee Titans and, and kind of delved into the similarity in the numbers between Deshaun Watson and, and Marcus Mariota this year because it is, it is staggeringly close. Derek, when the season was getting ready to start and I was making my predictions, you know, people asked me who's going to win the AFC South, and I said whoever finishes – with a healthy quarterback, uh-huh. I said because chances are, uh, not, uh, chances are not all of these teams are going to finish with the guy they started the season with. Well, two guys are already out. Uh-huh. I mean, Andrew Luck <laughs> yeah. retired, and Nick Foles is gone instantly. Um, I think we know what Jacoby Brissett is, uh-huh. um, and people can and can people can try to act like he's as good as Andrew Luck, and he's not. No, he's not. He's he is he's a guy, uh-huh. and he's not a bad guy. With with blocking and with weapons, he can make some plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he, with two minutes left in the game and the game on the line. You're not fearing Jacoby Brissett. Not no no. You're not. You're not looking at Indy the same way no, you look you're at looking them when at, they have Andrew Luck. You know, with two minutes. Yeah, with two minutes to go on his own eighteen, you're like, we we should win this game. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where if Andrew Luck's got the ball in his hands, you're just like hanging out of the walls, going, mm-hmm. Oh my god, this is, <laughs> when, is the clock moving backwards? <laughs> I just had a feeling when John Elway would have it. Oh, yeah. I was like, man. That's why, man, if I could have one quarterback to win a game in history, Uh it'd be John Elway. Because that guy could do it. Yes. Um, So that's where we are with the Colts. uh Um, Then the Jags lose Nick Foles instantly. 
Wasn't sure if Nick Foles was going to transform their offense or not. I know a lot of people were, were very optimistic on that. Well, he had a, a really good first half yeah. before he got injured. Well, and now, and now it's the Gardner Minshew show. And he's done a lot of good things. But we've seen this before, mm-hmm. where guys come in and they do some stuff. The league is going to figure Gardner Minshew out. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, is how does Gardner Minshew adapt to that? Mm-hmm. So can Gardner Minshew continue this level of play because it's pretty good Mm -hmm. the rest of the season that's the big question uh for jacksonville um i think this this might have been a blessing for the jacksonville jaguars like the drew bledsoe Uh, injury exactly for this standpoint like the tony romo injury he's not going he's not a tom brady i don't think he's he, uh, he, can he be Tony Romo? Possibly, but Tony Romo was a damn good quarterback, and not many people – you don't realize how good he was. To me, he was better than Troy Aikman, um, but Troy has the trophies because Troy had the Troy – had, Troy had a all-decade team around him. Well, but now I you're think, making excuses. No, but I just, now I just you're think, making excuses. I think Tony Romo was a better quarterback. Um, but let's get off of that. Uh, <laughs> I think Gardner Minshew, he – he gives this offense something that they have not had for a very long time, and they didn't have even with Nick Foles, a guy that has the ability to move around in the pocket. You know, Blake Bortles was a, a pretty bit more athletic time. guy, but he threw hand grenades. Yeah, I but mean, you knew his accuracy yeah. was so bad. <laughs> but you knew even if you gave him all day to throw the ball, yeah, he still was going to throw it to somebody yeah. else, um, not his team. But Gardner Minshew gives them that 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 added dimension where he can move around in the pocket and still deliver a strike. Now, will teams figure him out? I think they will, but then it's up to Jacksonville then to adapt his game. Do they lean more heavy on Leonard Fournette in the offensive line? Because the offensive line has been pretty good this year compared to what they were last year. Do they lean more on him, Leonard Fournette, to run the football? Or do they say, you know what, we're going to ride this thing out with Gardner Minshew, and we're going to go as he go. I don't think that's the right approach. I think with a young quarterback, you try to lean heavy on a run game. Well, I think that's what they've wanted to do, but yeah. they haven't gotten anything from Fournette until you're this right. last week. No, yeah, absolutely when, when, when right. He blew up. I, I agree with you that Minshew's mobility, you know, he, and his mobility in the pocket yeah. in particular, he's able to keep his head up and, and extend the play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for a young guy drafted, what was he drafted in round six? Yeah, it was um, late. Um, I, I think his ability to uh, be calm under pressure mm-hmm. and still deliver, and that, and that goes along with what we're saying, um, is probably the most Im- impressive aspect uh, of his game right now. And that he, you know, when, they, when he played the Titans, he threw um, three or four really good balls early. Mm-hmm. But he had misses after that. Oh, of course. Um, now, he had the lead, and they ended up winning the game. So I think a lot of that gets glossed over, but that was that was not a perfect performance from Gardner Minshew. It, like I said, there were some really good balls in the first half. He has been way better than expected, I, and, and I'm and I think he can have a career in the NFL. I'm not ready to say he's a starter in the NFL though, long term. At this point, I need to see I need to see more. No, obviously you got to see more. You got to remember this guy uh, was fifth in a Heisman Trophy race in the battling and before that he was set on being an assistant coach at alabama exactly so i mean this this kid has a he has the 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 intelligence that you want your quarterback to have 
Um, he thinks more like a coach. If he wanted to be a coach, that tells me he thinks online as a coach. He mm-hmm. he looks at the game from a coach's aspect, which is good for your quarterback because you see everything. There's nothing that you don't see, and and you're, and you're thinking ahead, um, and you're trying to process it, and you do process it process it very quickly. Um, so this is a guy that that threw for a lot of yards, um, and you know in the Pac-12 he was you know. Fifth in the Heisman Heisman race. A lot of that could have been the system he was in at Washington State um, or whatnot. But the guy knows how to throw the football. Um, he knows where to put the football. But like you said, will eventually will defenses figure him out? And then as you have to do in the NFL, you got to reinvent yourself. You got to find something else yep. to do. He's riding the wave right now, too. Oh, of course. I mean, he, everything's going well for him. Uh-huh. They're doing Uncle Rico bits. And, <laughs> and, 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 you know, everybody loves the gimmicks and, and all this stuff. And you know when everybody doesn't love the gimmicks? When they're losing. When they lose. And so, so you know, eventually he's going to get a gut punch. Yeah. And and how does he react to the gut punch and, and move forward? It's, you know, and, you know, Look, I like to bang on the Jags mm-hmm. as much as anybody. Their uniforms are terrible. Um, every time I, I like the all black uniform. Every time I leave their stadium, I think the parking lot's going to be full of monster trucks. <laughs> and I, I look. You know that's our second home, right? The well, Titans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, if you ask Jeff Fisher, it, it, and, and so I like to bang on the Jags. But uh-huh. reality is this: they lost to the to the Chiefs, mm-hmm. who everybody loses to yeah. right now. And they're a yard away from beating the Texans and being three and one. No, you're right. They are a, and I said this at the beginning of the year, um, because when everyone else in this division was trying to figure things out, um, you know, Houston was trying to figure out their offensive line situation. Can they keep? And they haven't done that. Then they still haven't done that. They were trying, you know, how do we keep? You know, Deshaun Watson healthy. The Titans were trying to figure out, is Marcus the guy? How do we keep him healthy? How do we get our offense jump-started? The offensive line needs to be better than what they were last year. Indy, man, uh, Andrew Luck retires. You know, what do we do as a team? Mm -hmm. You know, there were a lot of question marks with everybody. And then Jacksonville was sitting on the side. Other than the Jalen Ramsey beginning of camp getting out the Brinks truck, that's really calmed down. Yeah, Jacksonville was just sitting on the side and just doing, just playing football. And I said Jacksonville is going to end up being that team that just quietly, if they don't have any injuries, just going to quietly go through the division. And you're going to look back and you and you're going to you're going to look up and you're going to see Jacksonville winning this division at ten and six. And it looks like if if Garner Minshew continues to play the way he has been. Jacksonville doesn't have any superstars on offense. They mm-hmm. don't. I mean, Leonard Follett, he want to be a superstar, drafted high enough to be a superstar, but he's not a superstar. They don't have no superstars on the offensive side of the ball. All their superstars on the defensive side. But they are quietly just trudging, just drudging through the NFL, winning a game here, winning another game here, keeping things close. And if this young guy is what he – if he continues to be what he has been, this is the team that's going to win the division. Okay. I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. and I don't completely disagree with you because right now you could make a case for all, all of them, four yeah. teams to win the division. Here's a stat that I find extremely intriguing. Mm-hmm. All four teams are 2-2. Two and two. First time since the merger that we've had a division, all be 2-2 two and two after four <laughs> games. That, that's incredible. No, I mean, it is. That, that, that's, but that's, that's what scenario. the NFL wants. But, I mean, but you would have thought that had happened ten times before. Mm-hmm. But there's only one team of those four that has a positive plus 
minus score ratio. And it's by 29 points. Mm-hmm. It's a big number. And all the other teams are either even or negative. The Titans? The Tennessee Titans are at a plus 29. So when the Titans are winning, mm-hmm. they're winning big. Yeah. And when they're losing, they're still losing close. So I look at that as, and I go, when you look at upside, mm-hmm. who's got the most upside? Well, right now the Tennessee Titans' upside is delivering two blowout victories. Mm-hmm. And their downside has delivered two games that you could argue they still could have won in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Even in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Even in Jacksonville. If Logan Ryan doesn't get called for a terrible pass interference penalty, and I mean terrible by it, it was a bad call, mm-hmm. they're getting the ball with a chance to get within three points. And, and you know in the NFL, you're still in the game. And, yeah, and right. so my point is, they've played four games, they've blown out two, and they've been close. In the ones where they've played poorly, mm-hmm. they have still been there in the fourth quarter with a chance to win. The other teams in the league, in their division, everything's been close every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at upside saying, you know what, when the Titans play well, they're crushing people. Mm-hmm. And so, so maybe we're discounting them a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Is there anything to that? There could be. And we can talk about it on the other side. Okay. We can bring it up uh, as we move on. Now, NFL mm-hmm. fans, don't miss Nashville's best NFL pregame shows. Start your morning show off with the kickoff from 7 to 9.30 a.m., followed by the NFL pregame show featuring uh, Jared Stillman, Floyd Reese, and Chris Sanders live from George Jones downtown on 2nd Avenue. This Sunday from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. prior to the Titans hosting the Bills. The NFL pregame show is brought to you by Wholesale Inc. powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, Middle Tennessee Kubota Dealers, and Boom Buzz Craft Pizza and Tap House. This is ESPN's 1025 The Game. This is the Morning Drive. Good morning, Music City. Corey Curtis sitting in with Derek Mason on this fine day on ESPN's 1025 The Game. We've been talking a lot of Tennessee Titans football. Uh, We kind of went down into the division yesterday. A really interesting AFC South this year with everybody at 2-2. And and you could make the argument that, that every team in the division... Um, could win it at this point, and I don't think anybody expects any of them to finish any better than ten and six. Um, you look at the Titans' schedule, mm-hmm. and you know the, there's a lot of difficult games there. But I will say this: the next four or five are winnable. And I, I mean, you look and you could say they could win all those games until they play Kansas City. And I'm not saying that they can't beat Kansas City, mm-hmm. but you're looking at games and you're saying, okay, if they play well, they can. They can win. I mean, because look, they, they're going to have to play well Sunday to beat Buffalo. They've got to play really well uh, to beat Buffalo. Um, Buffalo, and, and, and I don't want people to miss, like, look at the Buffalo New England game and say, well, they held, you know, they held Tom, Tom Brady. 18 of yeah. 39. And, 18 of 39 and for the, Brady. And the Titans don't have a chance. But here's the difference between, between the Titans and the New England Patriots, beside having. You know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. That's different. Let's put them guys to the side. But when you go against a division team, it's harder. Um, And the Buffalo Bills, they've circled that game. And they know how to defend Tom Brady. Yes. And it makes it Divisional games are different. I agree with that. So I'm not saying the Titans are going to come in here and, you know, they're going to – 
score five touchdowns on the Buffalo Bills. But here's the difference. I believe the Titans have been better. They have better skilled players than New England. They have a better offense minus the quarterback than New England. Um, and they might, because of with their bigger players, more physical players on the outside, they might, and in the run game, they might be able to, Marcus might have a little bit more success mm-hmm. than Tom Brady did. Because Tom is just, I mean, he's the greatest, but he sits back there and he's, he's patting the ball and he's throwing. He's just finding guys because he's good at that. He finds guys, those smaller guys, they get open quick, you find them. Buffalo know how to, they know how to defend that. I don't know if they know how to defend this new Titans offense with these bigger receivers, bigger backs, a tight end that can run. Um, Two tight ends. Exactly. I think it's going to be a little bit difficult. Again, and I'm not saying the Titans are going to score five touchdowns, but I think it's going, they're going to have more success than I think New England did. So you think if the Titans offensive line can can hold up, absolutely, that that they'll have a pretty good day. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a phone call. Adam is online. He wants to talk about the Titans. Adam, what's up? Hey, man, I, well, I think Ryan Clark is full of it. And <laughs> I, I would be willing to bet a paycheck that he has not actually watched a Titans game this year. And, I mean, I wouldn't blame him on some of them, but I would bet money that he has not watched a Titans game. You just you look at our overall He probably team. watched Thursday night, Adam, and I think that's, that's what most of the national media has seen of the Titans in four games is Thursday night. Right, just a, just a grungy, sloppy game that we couldn't really move the ball. But – all right, so if anybody's actually watched the Brown game, even the Colts game, our defense was pretty good, and Derrick Henry was going a little bit. And then last week, then you wouldn't say six-win football team. Like, you know, yeah, I agree you only go as far as your quarterback, but you can say that about 32 teams. So, I, yeah, I'm not going to take any stock in what a former Steeler says. And, you know, <laughs> I, I don't believe what he says at all. So. All right. Thank you, Adam. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. And, and I think that's going to be the sentiment for, mm-hmm. for most of Nashville. And look, Ryan Clark's got to make takes. That's, exactly. his, that's his job. Yeah. And he can go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. He can say they're going to be great, and he can say they're going to be bad. If he's going to say they're going to be 8-8, eight 9-7, and, eight, and, and seven, that's boring. Yeah. Okay? So, so he's got to make a take, and, and that's his take based on what he's talking about. He's probably only seen him play one game. Yeah. I would, play the team, play one game. I would believe that. That's all he's seen. And, and that's what I, you know, because... There are 32 teams in the NFL, but there's really about 27. Yeah, from the NFL's perspective, exactly. Some teams are just for whatever reason they don't. The, the cities don't count. Tennessee, <laughs> Jacksonville, really. I mean, Indianapolis without the quarterbacks yeah. probably doesn't. Arizona matter, probably doesn't matter. Arizona they don't matter to the NFL. Exactly. They, they, just, they just don't. And it, but I mean, listen. If 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 Ryan Clark had said Titans going ten and six, Titan fans love Ryan Clark. Yes, but he says they're going ten and six, six and, and ten. 10. They can go either way, yeah, and and, and that's maybe, which is the same as yeah, about sixteen teams exactly. in this league. And we want to be, we want to get to a point where we are looking at this team, and we're saying this is a ten and six, eleven and five team. They want to be, yeah, they want to be that team, and they, they have think the they're that personnel to be that team. But can that personnel um, consistently? Yep go out there that that's the word i mean because like last week when we see Corey davis mm-hmm. and aj brown get one-on-one and shake off dbs mm-hmm. and go make this is what we've been looking for exactly i mean great big guys that can't be taken down in the open field and and, and take a 10 yard 20 yard pass and, and turn it into a touchdown people want marcus Mariota to apologize for that mm-hmm. for guys making plays for him but that's what the idea was, was when you drafted these exactly. guys yeah that they would i mean because look most dbs are about 5'11", 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. 
and these guys are 6'2", 6'3", 220, 230, and can run. Exactly. And so you see the potential of this offense, and then you start to see that potential being met. I mean, they scored 24 points on Sunday. They could have scored 38. Yeah, I mean, and I'm upset they didn't, but it's not well, story. No, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you talk about, and, and I know the coach talked about, you know, that's why he went for it on fourth yeah. down. Well, if you just don't get aggressive on one play. Yeah, you got to okay? stay aggressive you got to be game. aggressive the whole game, and they weren't yeah. aggressive the whole game. Now, they did what they needed to do to win the football game and do it convincingly, but they could have done a, a lot, lot more. But, you know, we've started to see in splashes mm-hmm. playmaking ability. I, I threw out a stat the other day on Twitter. Marcus Mariota has five passes this year, 40 yards or longer. Mm-hmm. Same number he had all of last year. Five. And then people get into the semantics of, well, how hard, how far did the ball travel in the mm-hmm. air? I don't care. Yeah. Okay, What it's saying is, is the P- Titans' passing attack is creating more explosive plays mm-hmm. because they've got more explosive players. Well, if, if you look around the NFL, uh, and it's been this way for the longest, teams typically don't throw the ball 40 yards in the air and get, a, and get explosive plays. Their explosive plays come from catching the ball 10, 12, 15 yards and then running the rest of the way. I, mean, I always say Antonio Brown really padded Ben Roethlisberger's stats. Exactly. I mean. <laughs> because he's catching balls at 12 yards, he's making people miss, and then he has enough speed to outrun everybody. That's basically what the NFL is because teams are not going to let you consistently beat them down the field. And the Titans haven't had that guy since Derek Mason yeah. wore number 85 for him. I mean, yeah. they, they they haven't. They, I mean, no, putting right. wide receivers on the field for them has it's been, been a struggle. Has been a struggle. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, we could go down the litany of guys that they've drafted who have just not panned out. And you start to see Corey Davis and AJ Brown, and you're saying, "This could be." Are these our guys? Because if the Titans have their guys, mm-hmm. that can take them to the next level. Absolutely, and hopefully they can do it with their quarterback. The same quarterback for the next 10 years. Mace, we got one hour in the books. I love it. It went by pretty fast. It's because we get along. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Coming up in the next hour, um, there is a chance for college athletes, possibly in the future, to start making a little bit of money. Ching, ching. And I just say it's about time. So we'll talk a little bit about what's going on uh, in California and some other states where they're trying to push that forward. I don't think it's going to work out quite like they expected. We're also going to talk some Vandy and some uh, Tennessee coming up. Uh, I think we got Derek Mason coming up later on the show at yes. 7.30 this morning. Yes, we got Coach Mason. So we'll talk about uh, you know, the Ole Miss game. When you talk about Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. Ole Miss, Kentucky, those are huge games. Yeah, they got to win those, those, are, those are Those are the games that make their season, mm-hmm. and he's got one of those coming up this, um, this weekend. So we're going to talk to Coach Mason coming up at 7.30. Uh, and, of course, we're going to talk a lot more about the Titans, and we will get into the Preds, who have their opening night tomorrow night against the Minnesota Woo-hoo! Wild yes. uh, as another season is getting ready to drop the puck. Corey Curtis sitting in with Derek Mason on the morning drive on ESPN's 102.5 The Game.